Hey, this is the Commander Cook Up Podcast, episode 106. I'm Brando. I'm here with Ryan. Today we're going to conclude the arc of the Double Bake Brews by taking Nor and the Weary back out of the box. Now hit our theme song! <laughs> uh, hey, Ryan. We're back for yet another whirlwind adventure. How you doing? Good. What's going down? Whole lot's going down. I did that all in one breath. That, that was, really was unreal. You like almost passed out. I really didn't think I was going to make it. But we've got a whole lot going on. We're going to give away a deck later on in the show. We're going to set up a new deck giveaway, a new arc. We're going to welcome some more people aboard. We're going to talk about another super sweet deck and have a great time along the way. This show is so packed. Well, usually they're packed, but uh, this one's extra packed. Do not Google that? Definitely don't Google that. Okay, well, who uh, you mentioned Norrin. We've done Norrin before, but this wouldn't be the arc of the Double Baked Brews if we didn't talk about the same commander we already did once again. Correct. Uh, again. I like that. That's my Undertaker again. Again. Yeah, that's good. Give Norrin a read. We did him episode 25, I think, and then let's talk about something completely different. Well, we're going to kick it right off. Like We're not even going to sort of tease the rest of this. We're just going to read the card and just forget about him for like... 100%. Here we go. Okay, Norrin the Wary is a 2-1 for one human warrior. He's a 2-1? He's a 2-1. 100% of my whole life, I thought he was a 1-1. One, one. It, it, it does not matter at all. For virtually no point does that ever come into play. Okay. All right. When a player plays a spell or a creature attacks, remove Norn the Wary from the game. Return him to play under his owner's control at the end of turn. So if anybody does anything, you can activate abilities, but if you do anything else, he just like screws off for a while. Yeah. And then he comes back at the end of everybody's turn. That's correct. Oh, watch your triggers, kids. Yes. Very much so, right? Yeah, man. Uh, actually, I'm going to tease it right now. Mine is super cool altered by Ryan. Where when you flip the card over, it's the same art, except Norrin isn't in it anymore. Yeah. It's so cool. He screws off. It's clear excellent. sleeves. Clear sleeves only. Yes. <laughs> yes. They were When I played it in MF in Vegas, they were like, how are you going to shuffle this into your library or keep it in your hand? I was like, dude, can you even think of a way that Norrin the Wary would ever end up in my hand? <laughs> and they were like, all right, yeah, we'll fine. we're fine with it. Yeah. It was pretty good. We got to keep moving right along because, again, super packed show. Social media coordinates. We're CCO Podcast and CCO Brando on Twitter and tappedout.net. That's where you can find this week's list, last week's list, next week's list, and any other list that we do throughout the course of the show. We are commandercookout at gmail.com. That's where you can send us love mail, hate mail, show suggestions, but no nudes. Haven't gotten nudes for the last couple weeks, just saying. What the hell? You can also find us anywhere better podcasts are found. That's your iTunes, your Spotify, your Podomatics. Ah, and Podbean. Welcome aboard, Podbean. You can also find us on Facebook, YouTube, Patreon, edhrec.com, Flipside Gaming, where you can use promo code CCOFU to get 10% off your entire order store-wide. Or if we've confused you or went way too fast during that segment, you can check us out at the official, official home of Commander Cookout Podcast on the entire internet, commandercookout.com. Excellent. Thank you. I ordered two sets of sleeves from Flipside Gaming uh, a couple weeks ago. And for our next deck giveaway, it's not going to be like a still packaged deck. So I'm going to have to use my other set of sleeves. Dang. Dang. Oh, well, I'll buy more. They're eight bucks. Promo <laughs> code, they're like seven bucks. You mentioned Patreon. I did mention Patreon. We're going to get to a shout out in a minute. But first, we want to take this time here to introduce our next arc and our next patron sign up gift. Ooh. Ooh. I say we're going to introduce our next arc. What I mean is next week is going to be a new one. Correct. <laughs> and we're not going to quite tell you what it is yet, but we do have at least three lists for it already. And let me tell you, they are back to true CCO form. Yeah, we've, we've got a little bit of feedback saying, guys, you're playing decks that are good. We want to hear you talk about decks that are that are funny and bad. And boy, howdy. Yeah, for sure. And we got your back. This next arc, hundred percent, was a Patreon a patron suggestion. Uh, we heard it actually from a couple members of our. I, I call them our creative consulting group. There are higher <laughs> level patrons, like the the ten and fifteen dollar per episode patrons. Sure. And uh, I don't think anybody's going to be disappointed if you like true jank CCO brews. I'll I'll say that. <laughs> 
we're looking forward to it. It's, it's going to be fun. Very much so. So coming up forward on this next arc, we have a sign-up gift, and it is very much themed around, I think, one of Brando's favorite uh, holidays? Yeah, baby. Is St. It a- Patrick's Day is my favorite thing. If it's not a holiday where you live, it should be. Yeah, I was going to say, is it a holiday? I think it is. I don't think it is. I think maybe in Ireland. It's got to be. It's like on our calendars and stuff. Yeah, and it's got like a bunch of decorations that come out at the Walmart. We are definitely treating it like a holiday in the nation. Hell yeah. Yes. So what are we doing? All new patrons of the next arc. Brando actually thought of a funny name for it too. Yeah, it's the uh, arc of the lovable losers. That's all we're going to say. Very much. If you sign up to be a patron during that arc, starting this episode, you will receive a St. Patrick's Day themed altar. So we're talking shamrocks and leprechauns and little beers and all that good stuff. Rainbows and pots of golds and basically if it's on the front of a Lucky Charms box, you could receive it. Nice. I just thought of that just now. (laughs) One of the altars should be a Lucky Charms box. I love Lucky Charms. I like the chocolate one. What? Yeah, the chocolate ones are the best ones because there's chocolate in them, dude. Get out of here. Chocolate cereal is always better than regular cereal. Different podcast. Yes. We're too packed on this one. We're not a serial podcast. So with a new arc comes a new deck giveaway. Yeah. And this one might not be St. Patrick's Day related, but it is going to be awesome. We're working on some final little tweaks with uh, some of our friends. Thanks, guys. And we're going to be doing a collaborative deck giveaway with another Commander podcast. CCOCO. It's Commander Cookout crossover. Huh. CCOCO. Yeah, there you yeah. go. And uh, you can hear all about that on the first episode of the next arc next week. Yes. So check out check that out next week. Okay. New patron shout out. Patron shout out. This one is St. Patrick's Day related. I'm glad the music is still playing. 100% coincidence. I totally forgot to turn it off. Shout out to Kyle Kilpatrick. Ooh. Sounds Irish. Kyle kills Patrick first every time. If you have a friend named Patrick and you're playing in a game of EDH, kill him. Every time. He's usually a douche. Sorry, Patrick. But uh, you knew what this was. Yep. Yes, sir. Patrick Annihilator. I like I like just kill Patrick. Oh, sure. Well, either way, welcome aboard. Yes, we're happy to have you. Okay, final, final bit of announcements before we go to the deck. The deck. And this is my this is the one I'm most excited about. Ooh. I was excited about all that other stuff. Don't get me wrong, but this one, this one's got my nads going. And it's something that we've been talking about and working on and working some kinks out for a good while now. Truth. We started the Canid Commander series on YouTube. Another one is coming out uh, this week. Thanks very much for checking that out, by the way. Yeah, either tomorrow or Friday, if you're listening to this on Tuesday. Lots of fun. It's kind of an open door to get to know Brando and I. It like just us. We're talking, we're bullshitting, it's magic, it's beer, it's, it is us. Yeah. And because it seems to be successful and, and people really want to get to know us, we have decided to open that door a little bit further. Yes. Or open another door. Pull back the curtain, as it were. That's what you say, yeah. Yeah. So this is what we're doing. We're starting a Commander Cookout behind-the-scenes pre-podcast show. That's pretty cool. So it's 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 video content, and the pre-show will be available to patrons of a certain level. Make sure you check the Patreon page to see where you have to be to be part of it. What it's going to do is outline or, or show you our process of preparing for our show. We're going over notes. We're discussing some stuff that we want to hit on in the show. Brando does his warm-ups to, like, say the intro. <laughs> You'll get some backstory on some of the funny nicknames. Yep. So if that's if that's the thing that you want to hear about, it's actually lots of fun. You get to uh, hear our microphone tests, <laughs> which is actually my favorite part of the whole recording experience because it's the most randomest, funniest stuff that we say. Some of it we just don't put in the in the podcast. Certainly not. <laughs> and at the end of each arc, because this is going to be available on Monday, every single Monday before the podcast. Remember, I said on the on on YouTube we were looking for a Monday. Sp- content thing yes this is going to be it okay now if you if you can't patron or you don't want to that's fine everything is still going to be available to non-patrons what it's going to be at the end of the arc 
We're going to edit all of these behind the scenes shows together into a highlight reel. And they're going to be posted as part of the content, the supplemental content for that arc on YouTube. Yeah. So everything will still be available except a little bit more condensed and put together so it's not uh and ah uh, and uh with lots of dead space in there. Like we ever say that or do that. I don't think we do. <laughs> We're very lively. <laughs> Super excited. I think it uh again it just opens the door to 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 who we are, right? And I think that that's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it as well. Now, nor in the wary? Yes. Okay, now a little bit of backstory on Norn the Wary. This is the deck that I like to take to big tournaments. Uh, it's what I played in the Commander Championship in GP Vegas. I did very well. Where, where did I? Uh, I think you got 30th. 30th? 30th out of like 500 or whatever. That's, that's pretty good. That's not too bad. I was very proud of myself. I page one. Hey! Um, so after that, I decided, okay, I'm going to put a little bit of work into this. I'm going to put some time into it. I'm going to make it a little bit better. Now, what it was initially was a coin flip chaos control deck. And buried inside of it was what I call a jack-in-the-box commander with Neheb the Eternal, which was kind of a big mana, infinite combat steps, play my whole deck in one turn and just kill you. That would that, That's what we would call Big Red, right? I believe so, yes. Okay. I, I've got the words Big Red in air quotes <laughs> in my notes a whole bunch, so we're, we're still going to hit on that a little bit. Yeah, and what that was was a bit of a, a tumor situation where you had this deck that was designed to do a thing, but some of the includes were a little shaky because they worked really well with my sub-strategy, which was Neheb. And sometimes you could just pull a win out with a Neheb deck because nobody saw it coming through all the coin flip craziness. Now what I've done is I've taken that out and I've increased the control factor a little bit and I've tried to smooth out the absolute shit-your-pants terrifyingness in my top end and come up with ways to abuse the things that abuse Norn already. Huh. Okay, so two things. Episode 25... I don't, I don't remember if we mentioned it or not. That's where you can hear the original Norin Chaos Coin Flip Neheb in the Box deck. And now you've switched it over to be a little bit more controly. And I've said in the past to you, Stacks Light. And while I don't think this is quite there yet, it's, it's definitely not a Stacks list, despite being your control list. <laughs> um, this deck is the deck we probably discuss just between us over beers more than anything else. Yes. Because I'm a firm believer that if Big big Red or if Mono Red wants to be like really competitive, you, you almost have to go full-on stack-style control because every other color is probably a better control color, maybe except for green. But green can draw cards better and can beat your face in better. Yes. So... You, your rebuttal has always been that you agree, but you don't want it to be a competitive CEDH tier one deck. You still want it to be a little bit unassuming and a little bit uh, not so in your face oppressive. Yes, and I want it to be something that I think this is a deck I really, really like. I enjoy this deck a lot in spite of how frustrated I can get with it sometimes. I want to play this deck every week. I, I have a lot of fun with it, and I think if I turn it into full-on just open your butthole up and spit into it stacks... I think that I wouldn't be able to play it as much as I do. Yeah, I said that. Don't Google that. Do not but, Google uh, that. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah, you know what? We actually touched on that just last week where where we you, you want to play it, and it, I, I, it kind of got ranched in a game that we were playing despite you making some very optimized plays. And we talked about it in our Pet Deck episode last week. Hey, no shit, a bald eagle. Look at that. Holy crap. Just flying around in there. It's so majestic. Yeah, it's pretty windy, though. It doesn't... I don't know if it's that majestic. <laughs> it's pretty majestic, though. It's better than a beaver. Well, that would depend on your... Don't Google that either. Nor in the wary. Nor in the wary. Oh, wait. One more bald eagle thing, because I learned a really interesting bald eagle thing. going to share it with everybody. There is a satire news site here in Saskatchewan called the Walking Eagle News or whatever. <laughs> okay. Now, the reason they call it Walking Eagle is there's a, a First Nations expression around here that... The eagle is so full of shit it can't fly, so it has to walk. <laughs> and then the logo for the news site is this old crotchety-looking bald eagle just walking down the street all pissed off. It's pretty awesome. MTG dad moment. Yeah. Um, going bald eagle. That's that's why I have a kid now. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I said that too. Nor in the wary. Nor in the wary. Let's start with some Creech. We got 19. 
We always do them alphabetically. We're not going to change it up today. So let's start with Ashling the Pilgrim. One one for two. You pay two. Put a plus one counter on it. And if it's the third time that that's been activated this turn, it deals damage equal to the plus ones on it to a creature or player. All to of them. Each creature and player. Yes. Yes. I think that they should have called that ability overload. I think you said that before. Yeah. And yeah. I'm, I'm saying it again. And that's why they should call it overload because it goes and goes and goes and blows up. That's what overloading is. Next creature, Atali Primal Storm. Jeez, we're playing this guy lots. It's just like, okay, speaking of pulling back the curtain, this list, CCO Nation, he draws <laughs> inspiration from this deck because there's so many things in it that he likes to do it leads to its um pet deck nature yes if you ever want to see me having fun this is this is the deck okay i always have fun when i play this well let's do this guy quick six six for six when he bashes in you cast the top card of everybody else's and your own library for free dope felled into the third path two three for three you pay three and tap them you create a token of a creature that's in your graveyard except it's an artifact then you sack it at end of turn it gains haste so when somebody blows up your Atali, you just Atali them again and again and again. With Felden. And yes. like every turn, you just get a hasty Atali for three mana instead of six. Also, he gets a creature of some sort into play every time you activate him, which works good with all of the stuff that uh, that uh, Norrin wants. Here's a creature you don't see very often in Gorilla Shaman. Yeah, unless you're playing Vintage. Correct. <laughs> Anyways, this is a 1-1 one, one for 1. You can go XX1. Destroy target non-creature artifact with converted mana cost equal to X. So this will get Moxes in Commander. Yep. This will get Sol Rings for 3 mana. This will get a 2-drop for 5 mana. That's good. Next up, Hanwar Garrison. Yeah, so this is a 2-3 three for 3. When it attacks, you put 2 red human creature tokens onto the battlefield tapped and attacking, and it melds with Handweir Battlements, which you're also playing. Correct. And it melds into uh, Handweir the Writhing Township. It's a. I think it does the same thing, except it's like a... Like a seven five and it flies and has and it, vidge and gives you three twos instead of one one yeah so it, it yeah it does the same thing except it gives you bigger eldrazi horror dudes i've resolved that once and it won the game for me all by itself yeah well i wonder like, why those yeah. meld, those meld cards when you flip them are like actually really powerful <laughs> turns out next up we have hostility Ooh, six six four red 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 three and it has haste if a spell you control would deal damage to an opponent, you prevent it and put 3-1 elemental with haste for each one damage prevented this way. Your one damage to them turns into a 3-1. So you're trading up, sort of. Yes. Uh, I actually got inspiration for this from another list that we did where I where you top-end the burn in EDH, where it's like, now instead of doing three, you're going to prevent the three and hit them for nine instead. Oh, yeah. If you earthquake yeah. for three, you'll get three three ones. So you actually can turn that three damage earthquake into nine damage per opponent. Yes. Okay. It's very good. If if it dies, you shuffle it back into your library. Yes. It's a good creature. Speaking of six sixes for six, how about an Inferno Titan? Yeah. Six six for six with fire breathing and when it enters a battlefield or attacks, you do three damage to target creature or player as you choose. Like you can split it up. It's very good. Kari Zev, the Skyship Raider. Oh, this bitch. This, this card. This card is a one three. It's a 1-3 for 2. First strike and menace. So I can't block it with a 2-2 two, two and have it bounce off. I need to block it with two things or more. And it's got first strike. So I can't block it with like two 1-1s. One, nope. Anyways, when it attacks, you put a legendary monkey creature token onto the battlefield, also tapped and attacking. It's a 2-1, and then you exile the token at the end of combat. So you actually get three power, and I have to block the carry Zev with two things. And if I block the monkey, like it's going to eat shit at the end of combat anyway. So I'm taking one from carries up every single turn. It's pretty good. Yeah. And it puts a token into play all the time, which is what Norrin wants to do. And I can't block the token with a with a 2-2. Two -two. <laughs> it's got to be like an X3 or else like my thing dies. Yeah, you're, that I'm, card. It's real. It's way better than people give it credit for. Also, my token, Ryan altered it to look like a little pirate. He's got a little hat on and he's got an eye patch. He, he's already a pirate. I just made him more piratey. Yes. <laughs> All right, next up, we got Kazool, Tyrant of the Cliffs. 5-4 five, for four, 5. Whenever an opponent attacks, if you're the defending player, they have to pay 3 or else you get a 3-3 three, three ogre creature token. That's for each creature. Each creature that you're the defending player of. Yes. So it's, it's kind of like red ghostly prison yeah except you get tokens again that will trigger on the same things that trigger when norin enters a battlefield yes um how about cranko mob boss this is a weird one like i get it that it wins you the game but you don't really have a whole ton of goblins in the list anyways three three for four tap it to get a goblin for each 
goblin you control. So he always doubles your goblins. This is a uh, relic from back when I used to have a bit of a goblin sub-theme in here as well, just to kind of keep myself going. Instead of playing Norn abusers, I was playing goblins, and Krenko just kind of stuck around. One, because I like him, and two, because, again, if left unchecked, he's an absolute house. Yeah, you know what? I went on about Kari Zev or whatever. Like, this guy probably produces more tokens that are going to trigger ETB effects than uh, than Kari Zev. So, like, if Kari Zev's good, Krenko's better. So. Yeah, and Krenko blocks more things. He's got more power. Like, he's just, he's just a good creature. Yeah. How about Loyal Apprentice? Ah, huh, this, this guy is... Um, now here we go, right? Oh, no, he's not. A, kind of a CEDH card, you dirty rat. <laughs> so this is a 2-1 haste for two. It's got lieutenant. At the beginning of combat on your turn, if you control your commandy, and you will, unless you cast a spell pre-combat. Yeah. Which you just wouldn't if you had this card. If you control your commander at the beginning of combat, you put a 1-1 colorless thopter artifact creature with flying onto the battlefield. So it gives you a blocker and a token and a trigger and it, it, it's just good. Yeah. Card advantage in red. you got to find it where you can, right? Carry Zev, Kranko, Loyal Apprentice, Kazool, they all are giving you some kind of board advantage. How about Magus of the Moon? Ha! Board advantage. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to take away resources from your opponent though instead of adding to yours, which I think is probably more powerful. And the art on it is so badass. You like it? I super like it. Yeah, it's cool. It's got the blood moon in the background with the little pillars and stuff. It's very time spiral-esque. And just like the dude looks really like badass. He's going to take that stick and like shove it in your eye socket or something. It's awesome. Yes. You thought I was going to say up your butt, but he, I didn't. I didn't say what he did yet. Oh, yeah. He's a 2-2 two, two for 3. Non-basic lands are mountains. So he's blood moon. Yeah. Except he can hit you for two every turn. Those Maguses are so good. Speaking of Maguses, I do play another one in Magus of the Wheel. He's a 3-3 three, three for 3. You pay red 1, tap sack him. Each player discards his or her hand, then draws 7 cards. It's a Wheel of Fortune. Yes, is exactly what he is. I, I like that guy. I think I play him in my Bryon Stoutarm list. He's good. You know why he's there. He's there to refill your hand when you're out of cards. Red doesn't have a lot of draw. This draws you 7 of them. Yeah, you know what? I got some suggestions later on in the show, and one of them may or may not be Wheel of Fortune. And this guy does a pretty good impression of Wheel of Fortune if you don't have $100 just, like, holding the door open somewhere. <laughs> All right, here's here's the number number one card in the deck. Conveniently right next to Norn in the list, we've got Big Perf. Perforos, God of the Forge. God of the F. Yeah, that's what people say when he hits the battlefield. Yeah. <laughs> He's a 4-drop, 6-5, indestructible. He is an enchantment creature, so that's a thing. But he's indestructible, so it doesn't matter. He can't attack. Like, he's not a creature unless your devotion to red is 5 or greater. Don't care? Not hard on the deck, but don't really care. Okay, so he got red 2, creatures you control get plus 2, sorry, plus 1, plus 0 until end of turn. That's not terrible or negligible. Still not wise in the deck? Yeah, still not wise there. Keep reading. Mind you, your Cranko Goblins... If you've got big red mana all of a sudden and you just dump like 30 mana into Perforos to give all your guys plus 10 plus 0. It's pretty good. The real reason he's in the deck. Whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control, Perforos deals two damage to each opponent. Bang. That is any creature and each opponent. Yes. We like all of those words. Absolutely we do. So yep. every time anybody does anything, Norn goes away at the end of the turn, everybody take two. Everybody takes two every single turn when you have a Norn and a Perforos. And so that's, call it eight damage for each round of the table that that's happening. Provided everybody is still playing Magic the Gathering. Yeah, and like, Perforos is indestructible, and if you're playing against red or black decks, they can't get rid of him anyways. Yeah. Norn, whenever anybody tries to do anything, just goes away as well, and then comes back, and then goes away if they try and do anything then comes back it's an exceptionally difficult interaction to deal with you need a very specific set of stuff to turn that off very much so so good how about squee the immortal squeezes christ <laughs> he died for, for your sins, sins. <laughs> he's a 2-1 for three you can cast him from anywhere like yeah. your graveyard your exile and if you're really hurting <laughs> <laughs> if you drew him you could like you could play him from there too yeah he's got all kinds of Fancy modes. It's good. How about Tillanali's Summoner? I don't know what this card does. It's a 1-1 one, one for 2. I'm, I have to read it. It's a human shaman. It's got Ascend. So if you have 10 or more permanents, you have the city's blessing. That's what Ascend is. I don't know why they didn't. Whenever Tillanali's Summoner attacks, you can pay X red. If you do, create X 1-1 one, one red elemental creature tokens that are tapped and attacking. At the beginning of the next end step, uh, you exile them all. Unless you have the city's blessing. 
Oh. Oh, yeah. I didn't read that last part. I didn't think the city's blessing actually did anything on that card. <laughs> uh, so if you have the city's blessing, don't you just tap an attack and like pay mana until you have the city's blessing with that card? Yeah. And then you keep the tokens. Yeah. And then you just have a whole bunch of triggers for your perforos. Yeah. And again, next turn. Yeah. And again, next turn. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, super good. How about Treasonous Ogre? This is a mighty card. Yes, it is. He's a 3-2 Ogre Shaman for four. He's got Dethrone. Who cares? Pay three life, get a red mana. We, so we, I think I said the exact same thing on the Zata episode. Yes. Dethrone, who cares? It's mighty. Pay three, get a red. Yeah, if you have one of these cards and you have a red list, just play it. Like, it doesn't like, oh, paying three life. Bolt yourself for red. Just bolt yourself for the red mana. Just once? Oh, you'll be going down to 11 in no time. Yeah, I was good. Or better. 39 yourself for 13 mana. Way better. <laughs> I love getting 13 mana. How about Urabrask the Hidden? 4 drop, 5-4. Creatures you control have haste. Great with your tokens. And creatures your opponents control enter the battlefield tapped. Great when you're attacking with creatures. Great when you have to recast your Norin and your hand is empty because you can cast your Norin and attack with him. Then he'll exile himself. And then he'll come back and trigger all your ETB things. Yes. Then you're not leaving his nuts dangling in the wind. That's the creature suite. Not very many creatures for a Brando deck. You know what? I actually like that uh, that Urabrask as well in 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 my head spaces version of the deck where it is almost a little bit of a stacks light deck because he's just he's a four four beater that's making your opponent's stuff come into play tapped. It's very good. Yeah. Under underestimated, I think, it, especially when compared to the rest of the Preators, which are very strong. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you don't hear. You usually don't hear his name mentioned in the same breath as Elish Norn and uh, Jingataxis. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, the green one. I can't think of his name right Vorn now. Vorn Klex. That's him. Or the Swamp Bitch. Shieldred. Yeah, like all four of them are just all of petrifying. Them, all of them have their own nicknames in our playgroup with the Dude Bros. Yeah. <laughs> except it, for Urbrask. Except Urbrask. And they're like, like, oh, Urbrask, okay. Uh, Should we talk instance? Yes. Let's do it. We got a Chaos Warp. That removes a thing, and then that thing's owner reveals the top card of their library. If it's a permanent, they get it. Comet Storm. That deals X damage to whatever you want, and you can multi-kick it to choose more targets. How many times has somebody been attacking me for lethal, and I just kill them with this to stop them from doing it? More than I care to <laughs> admit. It's never actually happened to me where somebody was attacking you, and then everybody just died. But I have definitely killed one, two... Usually one, sometimes two people. Yeah, I like I like the Comet Storm to kill a player that's attacking you. I like that move. It, it sends a nice message. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I like the Comet Storm when it harkens back to Big Red, which is a strategy that I personally like. Do you like Into the Core? Yeah, this is an instant. So this is Red, Red, 2, Exile, 2 target artifacts. Get rid of all kinds of troublesome stuff. It exiles them. Yeah, it gets rid of stupid crap like Blightsteel Colossus or something a little bit more common, maybe a Worm Coil Engine. Ooh, yeah, I like just, that one too. Just get rid of it or get rid of both of them. Yes. Super good. Bolt. Red for three damage to any target. That's a good card, but late game, uh, it does lose some of its oomph, if it, you will. You got to really hope that you have that hostility so you can turn that three damage into nine damage. Unless somebody's at three. Yeah, or if they're at three. Or if you Comet Storm them down to three and you would normally need like two extra mana to kill them, three extra mana to kill them, you can just like hostility you down to two, three, leave one mana open. Oh, I guess I don't kill you. Lies. And then you like you use the, you're at three, I'm playing mono red to like leverage them to attack to somebody else. Yeah, like And that. then if they don't, if they're like, oh yeah, you don't have Bolt, nobody plays Bolt in EDH, you must be bad, listen to Commander Cookout. <laughs> Die. <laughs> <laughs> All right, speaking of cards I super like, and I can usually just use to say, die, Volcanic Fallout. Yeah, this one can't be countered. Can't be countered. Red, red, one, instant. Deals two damage to each creature and each player. Gets players. It's super good. Yeah. Also good with Hostility Italy, diddly, diddly, diddly. Yes. Yes. That's our instant suite. Not very many. Only five, but they do pack some punch. Not quite as much as the sorceries pack. <laughs> let's let's give them a read. All right, first one, we've got Blasphemous Act. Blasphemous. I think this one might be on the milk list. Probably. Yeah, so it costs red, eight, Ooh. but it costs one less for each creature on the battlefield. So it costs red. Yes. When you cast it, it costs red, and it deals 13 damage to each creature. <laughs> That's going to come into play later, just so that you know. Spoiler. Yep. Chain Reaction. Red, red, two. This is red, wrath. Yep. Red, wrath. I like that. I just made it up. Yeah. Deals X damage to each creature where X is the number of creatures in play. Yeah, so if all of the creatures are yeah, usually small. Mind you, if there's 10 creatures on the battlefield, every creature's taking 10. It's, that'll usually get you there. It's, usually. it's Red Wrath. Yeah, yeah. we're going to call it that. This is my very favorite one to play, and I feel really bad admitting that, 
but every time I play this, I I I pee a little because I really like it. And it's Decree of Annihilation. Before I read it, notice what card type is not on it. Enchantments. Yeah. Okay, so red, red, eight. <laughs> Ooh. Exile all artifacts, creatures, and lands from the battlefield. All of them. All cards from the graveyards and all cards from all hands. Oh. There's lots of alls in there. You can also cycle it for red, red, five, and just regular destroy all lands. Draw a card, destroy all lands. It's probably fine. It's okay. Doesn't hit enchantments. Also important. Yes, because your Perforos is going to stick around. And so is your Norin, because he's going to go away when you cast this thing. So is your Impact Tremors. That's right. Uh, so is another one that pairs up with Blasphemous Act. And, yeah. And Chain Reaction. We'll get to him in a sec. Earthquake. X damage to everything without flying. And each player. Gamble. Gamble is uh, red. Search your library for a card, put it into your hand, then discard a card at random. It's great when you have one, like zero cards in your hand and you need something in your graveyard. For your Felden, like I mentioned. Yep. Great after a Wheel of Fortune type effect, then you gamble because uh, you're probably not going to hit the card that you actually want. Um, great if you're you're not playing Anger in the list anymore. No. But when you were, it's great with Anger because you yep. gamble for Anger, then you ditch them in your graveyard. Yep. I did that in my Cranko list when we were at the uh, face-to-face games here. Remember oh, that? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that, that was your, your Cranko list. That's that, right. That was pretty sick. All right, let's continue on to Hour of Devastation. Yeah, that's the name of the set. I love when they put the name of the set on a card. Me too. Planar Chaos is also good. Is that one in Planar Chaos? No. There's also Apocalypse that was not in Apocalypse. What the hell? And Time Spiral wasn't in Time Spiral? This was in Hour of Devastation, though. Yes, yes, it was. It is one of the story cards. <laughs> red, red, three. All creatures lose indestructible. <laughs> <laughs> Until end of turn, okay. Uh, Hour of D, don't Google that. <laughs> Deals five damage to each creature and each non-Bolas Planeswalker. Very rarely does that last part really come into play because not many Nick Bolas is out there, but here's a card that I'm just testing and I, I really enjoy. I've only gotten to actually play it in actual combat a couple of times, but uh, I'm liking it so far in Indomitable Creativity. Yeah, what a novel. Okay, let's get this right. Red, 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 X for sorcery destroys X target artifacts and or creatures gets creatures okay for each permanent destroyed this way its controller reveals cards from the top of his or her library until they reveal an artifact or a creature card and exiles it those players put the exiled cards onto the battlefield then shuffle their libraries okay that's fine whatever it's like a chaos warp except for x yeah for a bunch of stuff you ever you ever indomitable creativity one of your own things absolutely that's what it's there for oh oh yeah i use it uh Later on in the artifact section, quick spoiler, I have a oh, Genesis Chamber. Yeah. I mean, you got four or five one one mirror tokens. You can Indomitable Creativity, kill them all, and get nothing but gas. Because if yeah. you listen to the creature section, there's not very many duds in there. You're probably going to hit an Atali and or a Felden oh, and or an Urabras. You, you know what I don't like about it, though, is if you hit an artifact with it, you can get a creature. Yeah. It's not hit an artifact, like destroy an artifact with it and then like and then reveal till you hit another artifact. Yeah. You get a creature, which is probably gonna be gas, like you say. If you're trading your one one mirror from your Genesis chamber or your one one Thopter, if you're trading it into literally anything in the deck, you're probably trading up. Yeah. And if I ever did want to go the dirtbag stacks way, you want to get a lot of stacks pieces in to play all at once. Oh, there, baby. There's a way to do it. That's how you do it. Cut all the creatures, just play Winter Orb and Friends. <laughs> how about Insurrection, speaking of friends? Yeah, this is going to win you games. This is this is how you win if you're playing stacks. This is why I, <laughs> this is why I get mad and say, eight mana, it better win me the game. Because here it is, eight mana, win the game. Yeah, red, 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 five. Untap all creatures, steal them, they gain haste, beat wholesale ass. Yeah, like 90% of the time when you play this card, it's to win the game. That's it. How about Mana Geyser? Ooh, hey, uh, funny thing. You teased at the Zata deck giveaway at the top of the episode. I did. This card is in that deck. Ooh. I'll give this a read, and then maybe we'll give away the Zata deck right now. Oh, 
not wait until the end. No, I like it. we're going to do it. Okay, so Mana Geyser. Red, red, three. Add red to your mana pool for each tapped land your opponents control. This will routinely get you 10 plus mana. Yeah, you want to see a beating or like you heard Ryan just say, oh, insurrection and then indomitable creativity. How the hell are you ever going to do that? Mana Geyser. Mana Geyser. Mana yeah. Geyser is how you do that. You. The last time I saw you cast this, you got 24 mana off of it and then you Comet Stormed the table. Yep. You had like, it was maybe turn 10 or 11. That's where you play this game to get or this deck to get to like turn 10 plus yep so you had like 10 mana mana geyser with five remaining you got 24 so you went up to 29 mana and then you just comet stormed everybody you're like life totals and we're all like oh shit <laughs> <laughs> okay good night <laughs> goodbye everybody it was good zada zada oh baby okay fully sleeved fully F sleeved fully foiled or altered art mountain mana base hell yeah aggro Pump spells, draw spells, Zada. Yeah. Ship to your door from your boys at Commander Cookout Podcast. Get at us at CCO Podcast or at CCO Brando on Twitter. Send us a Facebook message or an email. Commander Cookout at gmail.com. Dawson DeMars. <laughs> Is the winner of a super sweet day. Yeah, dude. So Dawson DeMars, again, get at us. Also, if you know Dawson and he's either a couple weeks behind on the episodes or uh, like one of our patrons listens to the podcast to go to sleep, F you, by the way, yeah. <laughs> um, let him know he wanted to get at us. <laughs> All right, let's keep going with the list. Next, sorcery. Obliterate. Ooh, red, red, six. Can't be countered. Destroy all artifacts, creatures, and lands. Notice what it doesn't get. Enchantments. Yeah, so your enchantments are safe. Your Norin is safe. Everything is safe. It's also got cool art. It's Decree of Annihilation Light, because it doesn't get graveyards and hands. Yeah. Killing hands is so good. I love, yes. killing. I love yep. killing hands. Okay, how about Pyroclasm? Deals two damage to each creature. How about Rolling Earthquake? X damage to each creature without horsemanship. So that'll, that's, that's all creatures for the most part. And each player. And each player. So that's good. Also good. How about Ruination? Destroys all non-basic lands for four mana. Ah. That's, that's... like that's like Blood Moon City. The Blood Moon forever. Awesome. So good. All right. This should probably be a Vandal Blast, but they're hard to come by in foil, so I'm playing Shatterstorm instead. A hundred percent should be a Shatter or a Vandal Blast. Anyways, yes. red, red, two. So it's it's cheaper than Vandal Blast. It's fine. Destroy all artifacts. They can't be regenerated. Gets all my own stuff. I have some artifacts I do want to keep around lots. We'll get to those here in a second. But yeah, like it's, it should be Shatterstorm. Or not Shatterstorm. Vandal Blast. Yeah, it's, yeah. we were mixing it up in yeah. our head. But it's a it's a cut for Vandal Blast when I get one. Slagstorm. Last. Sorcery. Red, red, one. Choose one. Deals three damage to each creature or three damage to each player. I'm thinking of replacing that with a Flame Break. Flame Break is red, 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 three damage to each creature and each player. But I think it hits creatures without flying, so I'm not sure. Oh, yeah, because Slagstorm gets flyers. Yeah, but it doesn't hit players if I get flyers, so I kind of like the damage everybody and everything, but... I guess yeah. I, it would depend on how badly do you need to get flyers, right? Yeah, so... I don't know. If you have a suggestion, let me know, CCO Brando. Slagstorm or do some enchantments. Yeah, okay. So this is where uh, we're starting to piece everything together. You'll see where the ETB things come from. You'll see where some of the uh, big red damage comes from. Blood Moon. Yeah, yeah. Not this. <laughs> <laughs> Makes all your non-basic lands on the... Like, everybody's are mountains. Confusion in the ranks. This one. This if you, is... If you want to lose friends... Nor in the wary confusion in the ranks. Yeah, okay. So red, red, three. Whenever an artifact, creature, or enchantment comes onto the battlefield, its controller chooses target permanent. Another player controls that shares a type and exchanges them. So every time Norin screws off and comes back at end of turn, you switch Norin and a creature with somebody else. Yes. And then when the next person does anything and Norin screws off, he enters the battlefield under your control again. You, Brando. Yeah. And you can steal something with confusion in the ranks. That's right. I would say exchange, but because you get Norin back at the begin or at the end of the turn, at the beginning of the next turn. No, at the end of the turn. Yep. It's it's literally just stealing in red. It's so good. Yeah, it's it's very, very powerful. Because again, Norn screws off, and it's like, what are you going to do? You're going to give me that with the Awakener, Jesse. That's what you're going to do. Yeah. I have a Curse of Opulence. This might be your turn one play if you didn't want to cast Norn. I'm going to I'm gonna talk about that in a second. Yes. It's an enchant player. It's a curse for red. Whenever enchanted player gets attacked, you create a treasure token that you can sack for mana. So 
do you curse yourself? Do you curse somebody that you want players to attack? When we play with the dude bros, I'll typically curse myself because people are always attacking me. And then you'll just make lots of mana. Yeah. And in another situation, I'll curse somebody that I feel might be more trouble. And I'll curse them instead. Yeah, if you're sitting down at like uh, at like a commander tournament or at a game where there might be something on the line and you see somebody sit down with like a commander that you know is going to be, shows up to ball, if you will, uh, you're going to curse them. Yes, just encourage damage over there while ramping myself into my other stuff. Goblin Assault. At the beginning of your upkeep, you get a 1-1 goblin with haste and goblins you control attack each turn. Goblin creatures attack each turn of able. All of them. All of them. Okay. So well, if somebody else has goblins, like a treasure napper or some other irritating thing, yeah. goblin welder, they're, oh, yeah. they're attacking. <laughs> they got to use their goblin welder pre-combat main phase so it can't attack after that. That's right. Okay. It also works okay with Krenko. You can make more goblins with it. Yeah. And you can send them in to steal other guys' stuff with Confusion of the Ranks. Very good. Oh, yeah. More than anything, though, you're using it to trigger enter the battlefield things for things like confusion in the ranks or a couple that we're going to talk about in a minute that's right how about grip of chaos this one okay red red four whenever a spell or ability is put onto the stack reselect its target at random if it has a single target you like taking extra turns you better read that time warp to make sure that it doesn't say target player takes an extra turn yeah hey you like your time stretch hey narset you want to take more uh, more combat steps more turns? You want to put some enchantments on stuff? Yeah, you do. Yeah, so you yeah. select targets at random, and when you're playing your lightning bolt, that's, like, bad because you might hit your own thing. But when you're playing Earthquake, doesn't target. You Slag don't Storm, doesn't target. Yeah. Obliterate, doesn't target. That's right. So you just cast it. Yep, super good. Impact Tremors. This is uh, Perforos Light. That mini perf. Two mana, whenever something comes in under the battlefield under your control, you deal one damage to each opponent. Any creature, each opponent. That's right. So it counts for tokens. Yes, it does. Like the tokens created by Mirror March. Oh, yeah. So this is this deck is the reason that this is your favorite card out of the out of Ravnica Allegiance. That's right. You wrote an article about it on Commander Cookout.com. I did. Thanks for the the, the plug. Well, there you go. Whenever a non-token creature enters the battlefield, so it only it like it triggers on Noran, that's yeah. fine. You flip a coin until you lose a flip. For each flip you win, create a token that's a copy of that creature. Those creatures gain haste, exile at the end of turn. So Norn comes back, you flip a coin. If you win, you get another Norn. It's going to trigger your impact, tremors, your perf, your confusion in the ranks. You win another flip, it's going to do it again, again, again. Or if you like lose, then you just lose. Yeah. But if you're sitting at a table with three other people, one round, this is this is how the odds would work. One round of the table, you're going to get two wins and a loss. One round, you're going to get one win and two losses. Sometimes you'll get three wins. Sometimes you'll get three losses. Sometimes you'll get 12 wins and then win. Yes. That's how I'm playing it. 12 wins and win. And if you do it with like an Inferno Titan, that would be lots of fun. I'm really looking forward to mirror marching an Inferno Titan. Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah. All right, next up, we have my other favorite card, Possibility Storm. Red, red, three. Whenever a player casts a spell from his or her hand, you exile it, and then you reveal cards down from your library until you hit a card of the same type, and then you cast that. Now, the key here is you're actually casting both of those spells. Yes. So you cast it from your hand, and then Possibility Storm casts it for you as part of the resolution of the effect. So you are casting both of them. Yes. So things like Eldrazi's, still trigger because you're casting them um things that target zatahedron grinder this card is sneakily good and sees some play in red decks in cedh because it's gonna not let people do shit that's right right if you don't care if you cast your obliterate or your decree of annihilation and then somebody tries to counter it well, they can't counter obliterate, but yeah, then they can't counter it because they're going to counter spell. It's going to get exiled, and possibility storm is going to reveal down to pongify. Yeah, or brainstorm. I mean, neither of those are bad cards, but they're sure not stopping that decree of annihilation. That's right. Right. Possibility storm and grip of chaos are my favorite interaction in Magic because it's just we're not even playing Magic anymore. We're just we, sitting here and we're we're throwing cards around. We it's, are literally throwing cards into the air and trying to resolve the stack. Yeah, it's it's awesome. 
it is terrible and if you could see the smile on my face right now i hope you can hear it j- just hold on they can and some people do like it and it's not for me but i'm not going to bash it this is what i will say i will say that if you don't understand how the stack works how priority works active player non-active player you cannot play these cards no you you can't play them in that they will break your game and you won't know how to resolve or continue playing the game and you like you you can't play the game because you'll just you won't know how to do it this is this is the chaos control i talked about before where you just use the chaos cuz the deck can play through it the deck has it in there for the reason that the deck can play through it it doesn't care what it's playing, how it's playing, because everything will do what it wants to do. Yeah, you you land your Impact Tremors, your Perforos, your Norin prior to your Possibility Storm and your Confusion in the ranks. So everything you do after that... Doesn't matter. It it doesn't matter because you've got redundancy in effects like uh, Obliterate and Decree of Annihilation. Other people might have redundancies, but they're not attached to things that either don't target or that need to be cast on their own stuff or other people's stuff so it, it really throws a loop in other people's games where they just can't win like yeah. they, they're it's physically unable to win unless they have like crazy astronomically low odds of hitting like two things that destroy enchantments yes and if you're playing against red or black like they just can't win when you land those two cards so good it's very powerful but again you cannot play them if you don't know how that's right. So learn how those two cards work. Read the errata on them. Read the the oracle text and and all of the rules interactions and shit. Like you gotta. Yes. Okay. Let's keep moving on. Soldier on. Price of glory. Whenever a player taps a land on not their turn, destroy that land. F you counter spells. Pyrohemia. Talked about it la two weeks ago. Last week. Last week. Red deals one damage to each creature and each player. And uh, if there's no creatures in play at the end of turn, you lose it. So I think Norin comes back and then it checks. Yep, you layer it with Norin so you can keep it forever. So good. Repercussion. Oh, baby. This is what's good with Chain Reaction and Blasphemous Act. And And Pyrohemia. And Pyrohemia. (laughs) Okay, so red, red, one. Whenever a creature is dealt damage, Repercussion deals that much damage to that creature's controller. Earthquake for 10. You have three guys. You take 10. Your creatures all take 10. You take 30 more. Die. Yes. That's how that works. That's exactly how that works. Excellent. Stranglehold. Four drop enchant. Opponents can't search libraries. And if an opponent would begin an extra turn, that player skips that turn instead. I play that solely because of my experience in Vegas. Yeah, Narsets and extra turns and Edrics and, and searching and... Yeah. Yep. No searching, no sculpting, every, no extra turns. Every color has some portion of their higher level strategy that that card can stop. So good. Yep. Last enchantment, Sulfuric Vortex. Three drop. If a player would gain life, they gain no life instead, uh, which is a weird way to word that. Yeah. Also, at the beginning of each player's upkeep, Sulfuric Vortex deals two damage to that player. Each player. I mean, that's you, but... That it's... card does work. That card will usually do... 30 damage easy because nobody gets rid of two damage a turn who cares when everybody's at 10 now you start to care now you start to care and you can't get out of it you can't dig your way out of the hole because sulfuric vortex says take two and it just sticks there for a while and you can't gain life yeah nice deck of loru you jerk yeah (laughs) moving on round out the deck with some artifacts we have altar of the brood ah i think this is easily the weakest card in the deck i agree it's one drop Whenever a permanent enters the battlefield under your control, each opponent mills a card. Yeah. That will do some work, but ultimately doesn't do anything if you don't mill somebody for 100. Yeah, it's a it's a tilt card. And as people in our playgroup and in other games I've played play more graveyard-based strategies, I find that Altar of the Brood kind of helps as much as it hinders. And it puts the big target on me, even more than Impact Tremors or something. Like People hate this card more than Impact Tremors and more than Perforos. Less than Confusion in the ranks, but more than those other two things. The higher level of player you play against, the less they're going to care about their, their stuff getting milled, the more they're going to have ways to get those things back because that's powerful strategy in EDH. That's what I said. And 
It enables their strategy. Yeah, I like. Yeah. I just I don't see people caring about that. I just I. Eh. Yeah, like it's it was a it was an include for the local meta with our friends because they hate it. But now they lots of decks play graveyard interactions, so the card is less good. So I'm just kind of waiting for something to replace it with. Yeah, and you know what? If you're part of the local CCO dude bros, f you. Mill is random. You weren't going to see those shitty cards anyways because they could have been at the bottom. They just happen to be at the top. Now they're milled. Either play graveyard strategies or get over it. Ashnod's altar. Nothing on my soapbox? Nope. Okay. You said everything I was going to say, so I'm just moving right along. Sack a dude, get two mana. That's actually good with all your tokens. It's super good with all the tokens to get you to those really high-end spells. Also, if you're going to repercussion Earthquake and you got a whole bunch of dudes, you want to get rid of those dudes? Oh, Lordy, yeah. do you want to get rid of every one of your own dudes yeah. first? <laughs> yeah, just to power that Earthquake. you got to power that Earthquake. You can go red, sack all your dudes to prevent all the damage, win the game. Ashnod's altar, baby, so good. Yep. Genesis Chamber. Two drop. Whenever a whenever a non-token creature enters a battlefield, if Genesis Chamber is untapped, <laughs> the, that creature's controller gets a one-one colorless mirror creature token. So that's anybody. It works for everybody. You obviously get more benefit out of it because Norn is coming back into play every single turn. That includes your opponent's turns. So they get one guy, you get four guys. And you know what else? That actually is a super sweet synergy with repercussion. Yes. Have a dude. Have a dude. Have a dude. Have it. Take 10 for each dude. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it is. Gilded Lotus. Taps for three red. Heart of Ramos. Taps for a red, and then you can sacrifice it for a red. Mana Vault. Taps for three colorless. Null Rod. What? <laughs> <laughs> so that's a two drop from Weatherlight. Originally, again, it was Masters 25. Who cares? Weather light. Players cannot activate abilities on artifacts they control. Period. And that includes mana abilities. Yeah, that includes mana abilities. One thing I was, I've was i been playing with is do I put a Mycosynth Lattice in here? Because it just turns off the game. It turns them off. You can't play spells anymore. Do you want my opinion? Yes. I don't think you do. Because I was thinking, it also has synergy if I get the Vandal Blast, because it's Mycosynth Lattice, Vandal Blast, destroy all your stuff. Oh, yeah, okay. With Vandal Blast, that makes it better. Yeah, into, but it's a six drop that without Null Rod literally does nothing. Yeah, it doesn't really help. It does It does nothing. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe if somebody else has a Vandal Blast, but then it Fs you. Yeah, then it screws me over more <laughs> than anybody else. Moving along, Panharmonicon. If a creature enters the battlefield, causes an ability to trigger, it triggers twice now with Panharmonicon. Double perf, double impact tremors, double genesis chamber, double, 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 double. Double confusion in the ranks? Yeah. <laughs> what? See, that's why you have to know how these cards work. Confusion in the ranks wouldn't work because you wouldn't have a secondary creature to switch, but there would technically be two trades that would go on the stack. There you go. If somebody's playing Hirobi, you would dust two things when Norin comes back into play. Ruby medallion. That makes your red things cost one less. And Sol Ring is a Sol Ring. Any notable lands to discuss? got some haste enablers you've got a a valakut which sees mountains come into play deals damage yeah, i got a care keep to make goblin or cobalt tokens i have a hanwar battlements as we said before flamekin village gives haste and a shivan gorge shivan gorge this is the red land from i think we talked about this last time we did this list uh this is the red land that is the cycle like sarah sanctum gaius cradle um tolarian academy tolarian academy Sarah's Sanctum, Gaia's Cradle, Shivan Gorge. What's it do, Ryan? Taps for colorless. Doesn't even give you a colored mana. Dang. Red, two, tap. Shivan Gorge deals one damage to each opponent. Keep reading, Ryan. Both Forge and Pyre is the flavor text. Okay, just got to be more to it. The version in your deck was painted by Adam Paquette. <laughs> Yeah, it's not as good as those other three cards. It's yeah, just not. It, I, you know what? The other card in that cycle was Phyrexian Tower. Which is also really good. Yes. Yeah, this is definitely the weakest of them, but it's a land that lets you do damage to your opponents every turn if you have to. That is not terrible. It's not the worst. I'm not playing a ton of non-basics. I'm also playing a City of Shadows. It's from uh, the dark. It's from the dark. You tap it, sack you. Uh, let me. I'll just read it, the errata text. You tap it, you remove a creature you control from the game, put a counter on it, or you can tap it to get a colorless for each counter on it. That is not the errata text, but that is what it does. That's what it. <laughs> that's what it does. That's what this. That's what the damn card does. Uh, and it's just in there to kind of. You can block with a dude, tap it, get rid of it, and it just builds up your mana. It's sort of a loose include. I just really like it, so I'm playing it. So let's get to the uh, the budget and and suggestion section here. We've got. 
in the deck as it is four ways to actually draw cards, <sighs> but there are a ton of ways to get reoccurring card advantage. And that's kind of what red and white have to do a lot of the times, right? Board advantage or mana advantage in certain ways, right? We talked about Vandal Blast because that lets you keep all of your artifacts and dust everybody else's. What about what about Wheel of Fortune, hundred dollars, yeah. but obviously better than Magus of the Wheel? Yes. Um, what about Wheel of Fate? That's the suspend one. Too slow. Too slow and very projected. Somebody could overextend their hand onto the battlefield, knowing that they're going to just draw seven the next turn. Yeah, you're going to have to lose those those cards anyway, so you might as well play them and hope that they stick, and then you get to draw seven more. It's not, and then nobody counters your wheel of fate. It's very projected. Yeah, it's it's just not as good. I know that Magus of the Wheel is significantly less good than Wheel of Fortune, but I can afford it, and. It also gives me, like, an enter-the-battlefield trigger as well. What about from Ravnica Allegiance? I think it's called Electro-Dominance. The X, the red-red X instant that lets you cast a card with converted mana cost X or less from your hand without paying its mana cost. So it deals X damage, and then you can cast, a in this case, zero drop in Wheel of Fate. So you just go red-red Wheel of Fate. You need two cards to do that, but it also on the top end is, like, red-red 10 deal 10 damage to you, Decree of Annihilation. That would be cool. I just don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, Electron Dominance, cool card. Maybe has a spot in the deck. I thought yeah. I'd suggest it just because yeah. it's it's cool. It lets you cast that Wheel of Fate. It could go in instead of Indomitable Creativity or something. Oh, yeah, okay. But, that, you know, that's a one-for-one one X spell swap. Yeah. Maybe yeah. that's a thing. It could be a thing. I got one more. Okay. Peep this. I actually have a couple more. Peep this. Memory Jar. Sure. That's okay. The memory draw is not bad. Last card in hand, you just like pay five, tap, sack it, draw seven. Yeah. It's okay. So. And uh, you could add Goblin Welder to go along with memory draw because you're getting artifact tokens from stuff that you can sack with Goblin Welder. Yeah. It's okay. That's a, that's like a Duretti Scrap Savant kind of trick, right? Yeah. What about this? Last thing. We were talking uh, last Tuesday with the Dude Bros. You were talking about fast mana. How come I'm not getting out sooner? How come I'm not establishing my board presence and controlling the game better with this deck looking at the deck soul ring mana vault mana geyser some big mana cards no no mana crypt no grim monolith mox amber it's not very expensive red's got rituals simian spirit guide not a whole lot of really really fast like combo-esque mana to to power out anything early like turn two or three atali seems pretty good that's very good uh, I just, I actually bought a Mox Amber, hasn't gone in yet. I'm still kind of looking for somewhere for it to go. This is a good one. It casts your commander. No, it doesn't, because you have to have Noran to, for it to be good. Yeah, I, I know, but like, if you cast your commander turn one, then you drop your Mox Amber, you can cast another one drop. I can get my Sol Ring. You can get your Noran, then play Mox Amber, Altar of the Brood with that Mox Amber, uh, or does Noran go away? Noran goes away. Oh, dang, so it doesn't even do anything on turn one. Yeah, you got to be careful. Oh, no, you could cast your Mox Amber first. Noran going away on the stack, tap it for a red. Tap Noran, it for a red, play your Altar of the Brood, end of turn, Noran it comes back. back, everybody mills. Yeah. Okay, we figured it out. Yeah, <laughs> broke, broke the game. Broke the whole deck Broke open. the game. But that is a thing that I'm playing. Simeon Spirit Guide is just, in EDH, ditching a card in red is scary. Oh, yeah, you're right. So, yeah, I'm trying to keep it to things that will permanently boost me. I didn't want to do like the storm combo mana thing because then I've emptied my hand out, played out a threat. If somebody deals with the threat, which typically happens around our table, now I'm... And and without the redundancy at the Wheel of Fortune slot, yeah. how do you fill it back up, right? Exactly. Yeah, I got you. I got you. I, I smell what you're stepping in. Let's then move to your favorite section. You mean card of the, of week. the week. 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 week? Yes, what do you got this week? Mirror March. It's really? My, you know, you the, already wrote no, an article no. about Mirror March. You've never cast it. It's yeah. fucking terrible. Pick something else. It's so no. good. It's so good. Listen, I'm I'm to, I'm the president to, of CCO Nation. I'm trumping you today. But I'm the king of CCO Nation. I am an elected official. That means the people like me better. That's not even true. <laughs> Shut your stupid mouth. <laughs> okay, we'll pick okay, a different let's, card. Let's let's make Mirror March honorary card of the week. What's the real card of the week? <laughs> okay, all right. Backup back, back, card back, of the back, week. Backup back, back. card of the week. Price of Glory. Ooh, I like this one. Give give it a read one more time. It's an enchantment from, I believe, Odyssey? Correct. Red 2, enchantment, whenever a player taps a land for mana during another player's turn, destroy that land. So on your turn, you control Price of Glory. On your turn, somebody goes to counter something or destroy your creature. Right. It 
destroys their land. It messes their land up. So that would disincentivize them to do said thing to you. That is right. It acts as like a sort of onboard, rattlesnakey, red counterspell. Yeah. And it's, it's land destruction you can play where people can't really get pissed off at you. Because it's their own fault. Yeah, like you didn't have to tap. You didn't have to do that. You didn't have to do that. Yeah, that's like that's like somebody rifting you, but then you go like uh, red elemental blast. You didn't have to rift me. You didn't have to rift. You weren't going to die, but oh. now I just pyroblasted it and blew you out because you tapped seven and I tapped one, and now I will kill you. How good would that feel? I've done it. No, when they go, oh, man, I really have to do this rift. They rift, blow up seven of their lands, and then you pyroblast oh! their stupid rift. They, Dude. they would they would drop dead. They would drop dead. They would dead. immediately die. Yeah, they would just, like real life, they would just die. You'd they have would, to bury them in the backyard. petrify into just like a, a mummy, just a dry skin mummy. That'd be so odd. Awesome. Like in, uh, in Batman where the Joker electrocutes that guy until he's like a husk? Oh. No, no, I got you. It'd look like Home Alone 2 when Marv grabs that thing after Kevin hooks up the welding machine to it. Ooh. And he just turns into a skeleton covered with paint and his hair's all up in the air. That's what would happen if they... <laughs> Blew out their seven land, and then you countered it with a one mana counterspell. Ooh. You would look like somewhere in between, like Marv and a, like what you said, <laughs> somewhere in there. Right, so if you want to pick up Price of Glory for your red deck, say F you to every counterspell or combat trick or whatever else anywhere ever, it's going to run you about six fifty American, twenty two ninety five Canadian. If you want the foil one, like your boy Brando, it's going to run you. 1415 American or 263 Canadian. Yes. And our exchange rate's getting shittier because our government sucks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Woohoo. Milk list? Let's do the milk list. Ooh, important to note, we skipped over the actual budget section this time because this is a deck that I have that only has one foilable card in it that's non foil. And we didn't talk about it because we skipped over the Planeswalker section. Oh, Chandra Torch of Defiance? Chandra Torch of Defiance, Jaya Ballard, Planeswalker, and Koth of the Hammer are my three Planeswalkers in the deck. Koth is in there because he's a sweet ramp spell, a la Mana Geyser. And Jaya's in there to let me play my three mana creature sweepers for technically free or discard three cards I don't want, draw three actual cards that I do want. Chandra's there for basically the same reason, either ramps me into more mana or lets me draw a card to play or do damage to everybody. Yeah, they're going to get you card advantage because they're going to sit there and either start destroying creatures or actually draw you cards. Yes. Super powerful. It's two things that the deck needs needs to be able to do. Yes. And if you yeah, just check those out, they're value houses. They're good. Yeah, good on you for hitting those. I totally forgot. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Milk list. Milk list. As per edhrec.com. The most popular cards at each converted mana cost slot from zero to this week, 16. Yeah, baby. Yeah. This week, Mono Red. Or as the kids say, Norn is my best deck ever. <laughs> okay. Most popular card at the zero drop slot. Get this. I'll read the top three again just because it's fun. Everflowing Chalice. Nah. Nah. Mana Crypt. Nah. Definitely one I suggested. Yeah, I definitely do want one. Just can't afford it. Peep this. Wheel of Fate. Huh. There it is. There you go. I guess people are playing it. That $100 price tag on Wheel of Fortune is just not, it's just making guys soft. Yep. Or ladies soft as well. <laughs> At the one drop slot, Saul Ring. Yeah, of Yeah, course. but we don't count it. So the next one, Vandal Blast. No. No, but you would. I would play it if I had a foil one. Okay. I'm not going to count it though because right now it's uh, Shatterstorm. Correct. What about Faithless Looting? Nope. I don't mind that one. That's a that's a good card. Yeah. That's just a good ass card. It's got flashback. Draws you four cards. Yeah. Two drop. Mindstone. Nope. Chaos Warp. Yeah. Solemn Simulacrum. Nope. Siege Gang Commander. Nope. Caged Sun. Nope. Mere Battlesphere. Nope. Insurrection at eight drop. Yes. Yes, for sure. Blasphemous Act at nine. Yes. Decree of Annihilation at 10. Yes. Yeah, weird, hey? Blightsteel Colossus at 12. Nope. Embercool, the promised end at 13. Nope. Shoot up to 16. Draco. God damn it. Hell no. No, Draco would cost you 14 in this deck. And nobody's playing that. <laughs> nobody's playing that. Four milk list matches if you're not counting Soul Ring. Which we're not. That's pretty good. It's not too bad. It's, it's funny that we saw Decree of Annihilation on there, hey? What's the best 10 drop in Mono Red? It, it just is. <laughs> that's a good card. It just that is. That is just, that's the tits, dude. Final section of the day. Word. And it's good, it's bad, it's just, it is what it is. 
decks evolve over time and I think your your talk last week on trailblazing has taken you down the path of Norin that is not 100% optimized but very tuned and kind of the same as lots of people have found that Norin is good. Yeah. So let's see what that means. Okay. 520 Norin lists on EDHREC.com. He is the seventh most popular commander right, be- right beneath Felden of the Third Path and right above Grenzo Havoc Razor. Yeah. So... He's popular, but not that popular. He's getting there. He is, yeah. Yeah. Average converted mana cost of your deck, 3.51. Exactly, exactly right in the middle of, of three and four. Like, that is, that's it, right? Yeah, that's where EDH typically lives, I think, if you're playing for funsies, and that's what I do. You know what's funny is, like, uh, Rolling Earthquake and Earthquake count as two. <laughs> but really, they're like 10 or 20 drops. Yeah. And there's a bunch of those. And then you've got like actual 10 drops in the list. Yeah. So the uh, the the average converted mana cost of this deck is a little bit weird. It's a strange one. Anyways, critical turn. I think like four, like whatever. If you can secure a Norin and something that triggers off of Norin, like if you can go Norin on one, maybe Impact Tremors on two, Sulfuric Vortex on three, Perforos on four. Oh, you're going to win that game. Like, there's not a whole ton of enchantment interaction if you're not against the colors that pack it. If blue misses a counterspell, and if you've got indestructible stuff... Yeah, they're in for a world of hurt. And all you have to do after Perforos is just, like, manage the board state. Like, maybe a couple slag storms, a couple value earthquakes, just so you don't die. Like, everybody's in a world for hurt. Oh, yeah, it's going to be so good. So, critical turn of four? Pretty good. That's pretty good. Yep. Tutors, just one, just a gamble. Right? Did I I miss any? No, even when I build decks for winning, I still try and build for the spicy calculator. That's it. Now, here's here's where you got hurt a little bit. Yeah. Uniqueness rating. Cards different than the stock list on EDHREC.com. Ah. 28 cards only that are different from your list and and the stock page. Ooh. So you punch it all in, spice calculator, 44.6. Oh. Weak, Mr. David. You are close to the 50 test. I guess. I guess. you. I mean, close enough. Going home, cutting a bunch of shit and putting in worse stuff. Ah, don't do that. <laughs> don't, don't, don't do it. Don't <laughs> no, do it. You've worked too hard. No, I like the deck a lot. I, I'm not going to go cut it up. That, you, you like the deck a lot. I'm not going to go cut it up. Sounds like a final thought of the day. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I really do enjoy this deck and... If it wasn't foiled out, I'll bet you it would probably cost like a hundred bucks. <laughs> <laughs> so if you do like what we've been talking about, you want to try a deck like this, it's different than any other magic deck you will ever play ever. And it gives you an opportunity to just kind of try some different stuff and attack the game from a different axiom, which is what I really like to do. So I highly recommend you go out and give it a shot. Check out the list. Let me know what you think. If you have any suggestions or a foil Chandra Torch of Defiance that you want to trade to me, get at me, CCO Brando on Twitter. And for Ryan and myself, I would like to thank you. We would like to thank you for joining us on another super exciting Archon Commander Cookout podcast. And we'll be back to you next week. Remember, our contest winner, what's his name, Ryan? Dawson Demars. Get at us on social media. And we will hopefully have sent that deck away to you by the time we do the next episode of Commander Cookout Pop. The Monday pre-show. Right. Also, remember to check in for the Monday pre-show of Commander Cookout Podcast. Hit our theme song! Ooh.